what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, unusual blessings, podcast listeners, how are you guys doing today, today is July the 10th, 2019, came on today because I want to talk about a couple of issues that, um, you know, have me uh, in my feelings, and y'all know I'll get in my feelings in a minute. First, I want to say um, <clears throat> that on yesterday was my birthday, and I celebrate my life thanking God that he allowed me to be here to see another birthday. It is truly a blessing to be on this side um, of the grave. Um, today's podcast is about a couple of issues. Um but my main issue today that I came to discuss was racism. I have kind of wanted to do um, several podcasts on this subject, but I didn't want to offend anybody I, because I, you know, people get touchy when they when you talk about race and when you talk about certain issues. Um, but it has to be talked about because if we don't talk about it, you know where. Uh, will we be in the next 20 to 25 years as a community, as a population of people? You know, we all have to be able to live, breathe and be around one another. And we've got to, you know, have some type of sensitivity. I know everybody doesn't care about everything. You know, you'll see some paper. I don't care. I don't care. And which that's cool. You know, I'm not telling everybody that you have to be you know, worried about each issue that concerns another race of people. But ever since the um, Central Park Five and their story, I wanted to do something on socialism and racism. Um, <clears throat> first, um, I did want to say that I did pass my T's test uh, for nursing school, and I'm proud of that. Um, but it's expensive. Um, it's thirty thousand dollars, and it's like, wow! I don't have thirty thousand dollars, and I'm capped out of money. What I'm gonna do about that? But I'm just gonna continue to ch- keep trying, keep pushing forward. That is, that is about all that I can do, and trust that God will take care of, of the rest. Um, yes. So, I, like I said, I wanted to do an episode on the Central Part Five. But I did not do it simply because um, I mean, well, I made reference to it in some other places, but I didn't um, make reference to it on on my podcast. And um, so this is, you know, my my outlet, my um, my place to vent and uh, tell you guys what's really going on in my little world. So here it is, you know. In 89, if you had not heard of the Central Park Five uh, and the numerous, numerous cases that have been plagued in our um, our media and social media and our Internet areas and genres, if you hadn't heard of the Central Park Five, there were a group of five black men who at the time were teenagers. The oldest one being 16. Uh, And I want to think the youngest one. I think he was 13. 
if I'm not mistaken. But these guys were out in Central Park, New York, um, and they came upon a situation, you know, just being out, being kids, doing what kids do. Um, they ended up, you know, out there that night on the same night where a young woman, uh, 28 years old, um, had been uh, raped and beaten severely and uh, close to death. So at the end of the day, these young men <clears throat> were hauled off and put into jail situations, uh, integrated um, some of them, most of them without the um, guardian's permission. And there was one um, Islamic guy who uh, was fortunate enough to have a mother who uh, came in just as he was signing uh, the confession and just uh, just to you know uh, enact her son's Fifth Amendment right not to say anything that might incriminate him, which he hadn't done anything either way it went. But um, you you in order to be able to question a young person. You have to have the permission and the legal guardian's permission to do so. So these guys spent, you know, several years, several is two. We'll say seven because they spent seven years um, in prison, in juvenile. And the oldest one of the bunch uh, was the one who went through the most and who just went along with his friend because he didn't want to get in trouble by his mother and he suffered the greatest um, miscarriage of justice but at the end of the day it was because he went to prison that his counterparts and friends that he you know grew these bonds along the way became good friends it was because of him uh, that they they ultimately were free you know socialism and in, in, in racism is so alive and you know, and I me don't not wanting to offend anybody who uh, is a friend of mine that may be white, black, or or Hispanic or any other color. I'm not trying to offend. I'm trying to shed light, and we as a community have to recognize that we have to do that. It is our duty as human beings to shed light on these issues. Um. I was just wanting to make light of um, even down to the uh, district attorney who um, prosecuted these cases some years some years ago. Uh, she ended up um, quitting her position as lead prosecutor in these cases. Um, Linda Fairstein uh, is paying a dear price for her racist past. Uh, particularly in the Central Park Five ordeal. Uh, she was uh, leading and guiding force in wanting to, you know, absolutely get these young men, uh, I call it hanged. Uh, she was a Central Park hang leader, <laughs> you want to call it. She um, took a big role in, in, in trying to paint the picture of these young black men as um degenerates and people that are not fitting for society and make them out to be criminals these um as much as they can 
you know, say that these um, acts that they performed, and they still to this day holding to their guns. You know, Ava DuVernay uh, came up with that Netflix um, miniseries that was awesome, and I know, you know, many people have by now seen it, but you know, we've got to shed light on these issues. There's nothing wrong with rewarding your brother man, your fellow brother man, for something good that he has done. Why must we all look at each other as if we have a communicable disease because we're not all the same color? And we also must recognize that we were brought up different, we were trained different, our morals and beliefs are different. And once we can hold tight to those, you know, recognitions, that's the only way we as a community are going to stand and rise. There's just no other way. And, um, you know, if we sit around and say, well, I'm scared and I don't want to say anything about it. And, you know, I just don't know. And, and what what's going to be done? Nothing. You know, you guys have heard me make mention of my cousin who um, was 18 years old and the Ku Klux Klan killed him, put him on a railroad track and the train ran over him and cut his head off. And I, that's why I talk about these issues so that he will know that me as his family member did not forget about him. Did not forget about the injustices that have happened. That's why I talk about these injustices. Nobody's going to be or was ever held accountable for what happened to my family member. But if we are continue to allow these situations to keep progressing and nobody does anything, the world is going to run rampant. I mean, it's, racism is already running rampant. We, we have a president who, you know, just is oblivious <laughs> and that's all I can say you know he's oblivious to anything you know I think that Donald Trump should have stayed in his genre which is business you know I think being the president was on his bucket list and for him to come out and I think he's tearing up this country I think it's we've gone back 20 years step back 20 years um, just because of the amount of violence that has taken place here recently, we find so many situations of uh, just as uh, I was just talking about that situation. We just find so many issues of people doing things to other black people um, to uh, people doing things to black people that just do not make any sense. Just like the young man who attacked um, a group of black children. Uh, with a water hose and this is not 1960 but why would he do that you know you traumatize kids for no apparent reason why because this is what you wanted to do um, a 15 year old Somalian girl her and her siblings were attacked by a hose by Zachary Manaha from uh, Fairboat Minnesota on their way home as he assaulted them he yelled deplorable slurs at the children because they were Somalian. First of all, that wasn't any of his business. Those kids were not harassing him. They were not talking to him. They did not 
raising the issue with him. They weren't trying to be mean to him. The only thing they were doing was walking home. He sprayed them, uh, yelling effing Somalians and bitch Somalians. All Jezza reported that Manahar told police he was trying to spray a fence, not just this neighbor. You know, who's to believe that? Who Who is to believe that's all he was doing? You know, nobody wants to nobody wants to admit anything until they get punched in the face. You know, nobody wants to say they're wrong until they get punched in the face. And until we punch somebody in the face and say, hey, you're wrong for what you're doing. This is not the way we should treat one another. Then we won't progress as a people. That was just something that I had on my heart. Um, a couple of other, other things, uh, like I said, it was my birthday and I did get in nursing school and, um, I, I, I am very proud of that. Um, just keep looking out next week is, um, Robert Miller's time to be in front of Congress on the 17th. Keep that in mind. Uh, I speak on these issues simply because I just feel that we as a people should stand together and, we will be together. If it means that I turn people away from me, then I can't do anything about that. Because at the end of the day, just like I just told you all, I was raised as a young black woman. I have had things happen to me as a young black woman. And I cannot push away from the experience of being a young black woman. So, you know, whatever you do, treat your friends right. Treat people right. Do not... You know, take people's lives into your hands. Do not take uh, and think because they are of a certain race or nationality that they are inherently bad because that is not the case. We all live in this world and we all have to preserve it and we all have to be good to each other so that we can stop some of the madness because this is affecting kids. I have two young black males that I have raised and my baby is about to be 17 and, and you know he he was just we were just in the car and I was taking him to work and I was just t telling him about the police and you know when you because we were passing a police officer I said put your seatbelt on and he said okay he said well as long as you do right you don't have to worry about you know getting pulled over <laughs> then he said <laughs> unless you just get pulled over because you're black and I kind of looked at him and I felt uh hollow you know it's like what can I tell my child about being pulled over as a young black male if I tell him you know make sure you respond to the police officers in, in the correct way you know I was pulled over by the police three weeks ago and uh, I picked up a FaceTime to tell my mother I was on my way to church and that I had macaroni and cheese in the car and that I was on my way uh, from um, where I live in Atlanta, Georgia, to where I am from and, and go to church for my mother's 17th year past anniversary. And this is Georgia State Patrol, I mean, he's riding, he's riding along and, and he finally, because I didn't think he was stopping me because it had been so far back that he saw me. And my son was like, Mama, he's trying to stop you. So I stopped and I asked him, I said, what you pulled me over for? And he's like, you had your phone up. And in the state of Georgia, you know, you, they have the hands-free law. Well, the sun melted my uh, little prong to keep my 
uh, hands-free system up, you know, my little thingy that holds the phone. And I have an 04. I don't have an 05 or a 06 or an up, up-to-date model car where I have Bluetooth or anything of that nature. So he was looking around in the car, and I seen how he was looking at the truck when... He was coming up, and it, it, you could tell he was here for it, you know, and he scared me. I'm like, why you come up to the car so aggressive for, you know, what was that all about? You know, so if I had a, you know, had some kind of aggressive bone in my body and, and felt, you know, unnervingly, I could have really, you know, I just, I could have really just got went off on him because he was, I really, and then he gave me a ticket. And I asked him, I said, I explained to you, showed you the macaroni and cheese in the whole situation. And you still going to give me a ticket? Yeah, let me tell you why. That's what he said. Yeah, let me tell you why. We investigate more um, wrecks in this area. Okay, I understand that. But I clearly told you I don't sit and ride with my phone in my hand. And you still give me a ticket? So just be weary, guys, when you're out. Be weary and just... You know, I think we all have to do what our mamas taught us to do. If you treat people right, you will be all right. If you treat people with respect, you'll be all right. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But if we keep with that that mantra, we may be able to combat some of these issues. And then again, it's your girl, Tunde. Um, Social media platforms, unusual underscore blessings. Um, Tundi Hector on LinkedIn, Tundi Hector on, um, on Twitter, you know, um, run Tundi Hector on Facebook. I have my Tundi Hector fan page, uh, my brand, Unusual Blessings. Uh, on the 18th, I call that the official launch date. My book will be out as of then a year. So my, my baby, my brand baby birth one year birthday will be on uh july 18th and uh and that is on next thursday so i'm proud of that i'm proud of you know just the strides that i have made in the last couple of years and again on next thursday is the two-year anniversary of, of my viral video 